And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Play driving again. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. Do you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to the Warriors Plus Minus podcast. We'll call this the uh, training camp edition. Uh, second big one of the season we've done. And all three of us here again. Um, I don't know. You guys take us wherever, wherever you want to go right away. I have no... Uh, template for short for, training camp short training camp yes. right squeezed in one week before you know it this thing's going to be over uh i know listen they don't really do training camp training camp but they're not going to fort collins colorado and singing kumbaya i, I guess maybe you think that you think the mini camps kind of took care of that slider you think you know they kind of try to yeah do i mean uh, like from what, i actually heard stuff. something that said the league is now allowing teams almost start practice like the 15th of September, even though media day is not until October 1st. Now, I think it's more unofficial. I don't know if there's like various like coaching rules, how many coaches you can have out there actually doing drills. But yeah, I mean, look, the NBA teams, I've, half the league's been practicing, I think, for a couple weeks now, number one. Yeah, if, you're getting two, Chris, yeah, if you're getting Chris Paul, 38-year-old, you know, yeah. in pretty heavy practices, you've basically been having camp already, uh, you know, whether yeah. they're talking The other not. thing is, I would say training camp for this team – is they they obviously have this week where they're they are practicing pretty hard Monday Tuesday or Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday play Saturday but they're gonna be off Sunday it sounds like and then I think Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday you might have hard practices again because they don't play again till that next Friday so to me although it is almost like a two week camp there's probably gonna be seven or you know six seven hard practices so uh, that plus. I mean, we all know. Remember when the preseason was eight games, and it was yeah, just like it's ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. That was way too long. So, what is it now? Five games? Four games? I don't even five. Know. Five games. Yeah, that's a, that's all right. That's the right number. And I think we're gonna see some stuff. I think we're gonna see Kerr do some. He's already talking about it yesterday about you know no Draymond obviously for for a little while longer. So Chris Paul's in the starting line. They're gonna look at stuff. I think this is actually gonna be a pretty interesting training camp. I mean, preseason, whatever it is. Uh, and I know I'm going to be there Saturday. I think it's going to be relatively interesting. Let me just see who's who Paul's playing with, how it's working. Uh, and I, we know we're going to see him with the starters, and we know we're going to see him with like Kaminga and Sarge too. I just kind of like I think they've had enough time together that it's actually going to look like something. We'll see, or if it looks terrible, that's interesting too. Do you guys remember preseason two years ago? Um... And I'm like he DNP'd Kaminga and Moody, who were rookies in the first couple of games, because he was playing Bielitsa and he was playing Porter, and he was like, it was like a pretty dense veteran rotation. JTA they went, and they're there in the right. Those they went five and zero in preseason, um, and then they, uh, then they came out and beat the Lakers in Staples Center opening night. Remember, it was like the big Bielitsa game. I know you were there, Marcus, for that game. Um, 
that it, it felt like they thought preseason really helped them. Um, you know, like the way they attack preseason helped them get that start that we've all talked about the 18 and two one. So I think they are attacking this preseason a little bit similar to that one. So is Dario the Bielitsa? He's better than Bielitsa. He's better than Bielitsa. He's younger. Yeah, yeah, younger and just you might actually shoot the three in in the second half of the season, which we did not see Bielitsa do very much of. I just remember that first game. Was it in L.A.? Yeah, it was in L.A. when Bielitsa's like making plays. He's like passing the ball. Playmaker. He's a playmaker. (laughs) European playmaker. It was unbelievable. TK, you wrote about Chris Paul and he said the words everybody was waiting for him to say. Finally, could've said, perhaps. Could've said it. Yeah, could have said it in July. Yeah, uh, finally, but, but, but he said it. Full disclosure, I was not there at media day. But, you know, so I read everything he wrote. And I, I just thought that was interesting. Why do, you think, why do you think it happened now? I think he's been around the guys. It's a typical Warrior thing. I mean, you tell me if you think it's wrong. I just... This is what they do with Durant. You just kind of surround him and you, you, you know, you support him. And you do, we're going to do what you want, Kevin. We're going to run the place. Like you just let him get immersed in the warrior thing. Steph, Draymond, Clay, Steve, whatever. And then they see what works. And if they're smart, you know, thoughtful NBA players, which we know Kevin Durant and Chris Paul are. And I'll throw Wiggins in there. I've compared this to Wiggins vaccination status. Remember 2022? He was like that. He went to the press conference and it was like, no, I don't want to do it. They let him kind of feel it out. What's going to be best for the team? And then what, what do you do? You do is you don't force them into anything. You don't like make fun of them. You don't push them. You just let them see it. And I think Chris Paul over like the several past weeks, we thought he would see it in camp. Uh, clearly it's happened in the last few weeks and it just makes common sense. Best starting lineup in the NBA last year. Very proud group of players. I really am underlining that I don't think Kevon Looney's an any automatic out anymore. Like you're just gonna pull Kevon Looney out just because that's what you do because he's a nice guy. They're not there. I think Chris Balls like had seen that was probably gonna see it eventually, but saw it already in, in these workouts or just being around Steph and Draymond and Clay and yesterday or whatever day it was. I can't even remember what day it was. Monday. Um, that's what we heard and. I don't think Chris Paul was going into this. I'm going to cause trouble. I'm going to be defined. We've said it. He needs to be good this season. Man, I Best think he was like, y'all not determining this. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, also, it's not going to be decided in the media. Like, yeah. Yes, no question. And he's, oh, he's going to be a little grouchy on stuff. That's just Chris Paul. But I liked him. I, I liked it. I was telling Slater, like, right after, like, I, I liked him. I just, I like that directness. He's going to stare you down sometimes. But that's okay. He's not trying to win you over. That's I like that. He's just like going to give you a direct answer. There's going to be a, a logic to it. You don't have to agree with it. And I'm sure like the Warriors players don't agree with everything he says. Like they don't agree with each other all the time. And he's not going to be like the charm thing. He's not doing the, the, the cutesy thing. Uh, and I think that's going to be good, you know, maybe not long-term, but it's going to be good for this season. And we saw it. And I just, I just, I was bringing this up to a person. I won't even identify, but someone who knows everybody about this whole thing. The comparison to him and Jordan Poole is just so dramatic. It's just like, I know they're not saying we didn't want Jordan Poole and we only want Chris Paul. That's not how it worked. But when you flop them out, it's such a dramatic difference. Chris Paul can irritate people. Yes. He can be obnoxious. Yes. They've hated him, yes, but he's so direct. That's part of it. He's direct. He's sarcastic. He's in your face. 
And Jordan was not like that. Jordan was indirect. Jordan was passive aggressive. Jordan was shrug. Jordan was, and I know he's a good guy, but this is very different. And I think it's refreshing for the Warriors. It's, it's refreshing just to see it. And I felt that whole thing. It was 15 minutes, but I thought it was really good 15 minutes. It is. It, you're, you're correct. I think Chris Paul, the personality clearly is what they needed. And, and like probably 70% of what they traded for was Chris Paul, the personality. But, you know, like, look, they had Andre Iguodala in their locker room last yep. year. And yep. that's a personality they love. But the reality is Andre Iguodala played three games because he wasn't healthy. And I'm not saying Chris Paul is in danger of playing three games this season. But... There is also potentially a big difference between Paul and Poole on the court. No question. I agree with all of the high marks so far of Chris Paul, the person, and the way they are attempting to really integrate it as quick as possible. We got to see what he's got left. You know what I mean? He no he had a, I don't want to say a down, kind of a down season last year, but also, you know, injury riddled season. Some of his bursts has been gone. His, you know, some of that defensive chops uh, has, has kind of eroded. Uh, so, I got to see him on the court because the reality is, again, like I said, I, I don't want to compare it too much to Andre, but like Andre was around last year and it, it was fantastic. If you were around the Warriors, you knew how much Andre Iguodala mattered off the court, but he couldn't do anything on the court. I don't, I'm not saying Paul is there. We're going to yeah, see. Andre him. hadn't done much on the court for a couple of years. No, too, you're right. So, yeah. so maybe I mean, the better no, comparison is Andre it's like a, two seasons ago. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. It's a demanding position and also – in that, if he's going to play 22 minutes, you know, most of the games or maybe a little more, how's he going to take that? Like, how's he going to go? He might go 0 for 4, two, 2 points off the floor, and they're finishing with the starting lineup. How does he feel about that? We don't know. Uh, but I just am struck by the difference in tone uh, when Chris Paul walks into your building. Maybe it's too much, but I, I, I like it so far. It seems to have invigorated Draymond. Yep. <laughs> right. Like uh, where the Jordan Poole contrast might work it for that one too. Just right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. One of the things I was looking for to was was Steve. We've seen him like with these different iterations. We've seen him with really young teams. We've seen him with really old teams. Do, Slater, do you get a sense that he prefers this because he doesn't have to do so much hands on? Like it's a lot of guys who. Just kind of know how to play. It, you get a sense Steve might might like this, you know, six starters type of deal. Yes, <laughs> I think that. Yeah, you think that? You think really? You sure about that? Sir? I mean, they, they were as clear, nice right? as they could be about yeah. it last year, but the reality was they felt very overloaded with youth, where it wasn't just you know, hey, integrate Wiseman, which was a very challenging piece to try to get on the floor, but also. Kaminga, Moody, Rollins, Baldwin, you know, it just... It, Ryan Rollins. Yeah, I mean, Mike Dunleavy's admitted it. They tipped the scales too far. Well, what did Draymond do? Like, he put his hand, like, yeah, one side of experience, he went way to one, like, Draymond's wingspan, and then you have, and then he kind of didn't complete the sentence. But, like, yeah, the difference in experience was too big last season. And, and the guys didn't, and, and the young guys did not, you know, accelerate their own thing fast enough to me. Yeah, and to and to be honest, um, and, and you could hear with the way that that Draymond and Steve Kerr are praising Mike Dunleavy, uh, pretty openly, they took into account what the veterans and very much what Steve Kerr wanted when when rebuilding the roster this summer. When they got a Dario Saric, who Kerr obviously loves, has always loved. When they got Corey Joseph, you know, there were other guard options out there at the minimum. Malik Beasley, I know, was one that there was at least tires kicked on. And it's like, 
No, you know, they wanted like the, the, the high assist to turnover ratio, third string point guard, uh, uh, you know, the, that type of player. So even the draft pick, Trace Jackson Davis gets flipped for, you know, Patrick Baldwin Jr. Well, you know why? Because that's a guy who played four years under Mike Woodson at Indiana and might be able to step in and, and help a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, yeah, I think he very much prefers this full roster compared to last year's full roster. He definitely seemed happy, right? He, he just had... I don't know, it's training camp, everybody's a little happy, but he just felt like he had some energy about him. Uh I noticed it, just just watching it back. Uh what'd you think of uh Steph Curry? Like just fill me in. I wasn't there, so I want yeah, the Jesus, I want the man. on the ground vibes. You gotta give the whole thing. I want the MD. on the ground I'll, vibes. I'll you, I read your I'll articles because you, you know I, I, I posted what was about it. I ended up writing my whole story yesterday about <laughs> it, really, or at least leading it. But so we get into practice first, you know, when they open the doors and um, you know, the first thing you're looking for is like, I kind of want to see, you know, where's Chris Paul? You know, what's he doing? Well, he's in the weight room, him, Steph, you know, Draymond, some of the rookies are in the weight room. It's like, you can't really see much from where we're standing. So we go do Steve Kerr. And I'm wondering if, if maybe they, they waited, you know, Chris Paul didn't want to be seen, you know, working out post game with the media out there. You, I walked back where well, it's still open and it's Chris Paul and Steph Curry with the gym cleared out and Bruce Frazier and they are walking and, and they're walking through like various warriors actions and really deeply discussing it and they probably were out there for an hour you know i'd say half of it was probably just like a normal shooting routine but it's not chris paul on one half court and steph curry on the other it's chris it's steph curry on his half court that we all know he's he's always on with bruce frazier and chris paul doing the exact steph curry workout and then, you know, and I'm sure I don't Chris Paul would probably be like, hey, look, some of my stuff was implemented. And I'm not just doing Steph Curry stuff, but it was a it's it's been it's clearly it's very intentional right now for those two to be. Have we seen aligned. this before, Slater? Have we seen another superstar come yes, in? Yes, we have. Uh, thirty five. Number thirty five. But um, I just I mean, I don't know. I, Marcus, I don't know if you saw the video I put out, but like, you know, they were doing like Draymond type, like catch, throw it back. And then they would come together and be like, well do you like it coming this way and that way? And I was like, this is interesting. This was, it, it, was, was it, was, it was interesting to watch Steph look at Chris Paul and be like, all right. Eh, like it's, it's, I mean, can you imagine this for Steph? Like he grew up looking up to Chris Paul. Like it's gotta be just, it, I, I'm sure that maybe they've overcome it by now, but it has to be the most weird dynamic, not just their history on the court, but, like when Steph got drafted, like he's at Chris Paul's house learning like about the league, and now it's like, all right, man, here's how we do things <laughs> on my team, right? Like, <laughs> and it is very much like that. It's like come learn my stuff, yeah. and it, yeah. I think part of it it was interesting because it was like Chris Paul was playing the Looney Draymond type role, and then they actually flipped it, and suddenly Steph is the one like he's doing like the dribble handoff type guard to guard stuff, and because I think that you know he's trying to learn from Steph, like oh you know maybe that's a Nice action where I can get a jumper. And also, again, I think if Chris Paul heard this conversation, he'd sit there and be like, you don't think I've ever run a split cut before? You don't think I've ever done a dribble handoff? Like, I know I've, how to do He's played for things. 19 years. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't know if he was doing a lot of that in New Orleans, actually, <laughs> too much with Tyson Chandler. Uh, but, yeah, but, it's interesting. But it's clearly yeah, yeah. a chemistry build, right? Like, yeah. this is – we saw – we see them do this. It's like you say, TK, like, I mean, obviously he's done it with other players – has he ever done with a player this good? Like, has he ever kind of 
Let, let's how figure out how we're going to operate. This good, yeah, right? The guy who usually good, runs yeah, his own team. The ball yeah. in someone else's hands. And, and that's what that's what makes Chris, it you unique do the, to me. Yeah, you do the action that gets the guy, someone else, the ball. Um, you know, usually he's you know he's control, controlling it and getting the pick himself and then moving the ball. Uh, it's interesting. And, you know, it's one moment in practice. Uh, I, I'm sure CP3 is loving that Slater's got it out on the video for everyone to see and, and speculate about. But it's that's what I was almost trying to get at. I was surprised that I was like they're just <laughs> allowing me to watch this. And okay, they like didn't probably didn't know like who who's this guy over there. Uh, uh, there no, were some glances over. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. It, it's interesting, and they could be doing 17 different stuff when no one's watching, and, and that's all good. I just think the. The one thing I got from Steph, you get certainly from Draymond and from Clay and from everybody is that CP3 is a thing. Like they're not just like, oh yeah, just come on in and it's just another guy. And like Wiggins might have been like that, just a guy. Wiggins that, was yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 just a guy. <laughs> yeah, right? this, He's really this good isn't guy. Wiggins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really good guy, but you just got to do our thing. Like CP3, they've got to concentrate on. They've got to talk about. They got to think about. And they've got to hear. They've got oh, to listen, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. Chris is going to say things and think things that are different. And we're going to say, okay, maybe we don't do it that way. We, and Draymond does not say that stuff usually. He just doesn't. Like, I don't is, know. I think he kind of did when it was Kelly Oubre, right? He was like, yeah, Kelly, what do you have to say about it? I don't think he did that, actually. What do you, yeah, yeah. give me your opinion on this matter. Yeah. So instead of me going and pinning down step, how about I just what, what stand in the do? corner Aubrey and Caspi Caspi. <laughs> It's a funny pool. That's a funny pool. I just think it's it's respect always. It's the only way this is going to work. CP3 is a thing. He's got his way of thinking. He's won a lot of games. He isn't. They're not going to change who they are for him, but they're going to alter some of the little things that fit him best. They've just never had another guy like that. Durant. I always take Durant out. That's just another thing entirely. Just like the second unit guy, like Kerr was talking about yesterday, just haven't had an offensively kind of leader on the second unit that you really can think can go outscore another second unit. You know, they've had some good guys on it. They just haven't had this. So it's different. And I think we're all seeing it. We're all feeling it. They're feeling it. Um, I just, we don't know what the locker room is going to be like. That's why I'm really looking forward to just Saturday with the locker room dynamics, even for the first preseason game. Where's Chris Paul's long? We've talked about this. Is it far from Draymond? Is it close to Draymond? Is he going to be talking? Is he going to be sitting there? You know, going over stuff. Is he going to be there when we're there? Just what's that like? And and it'll tell us what maybe the atmosphere is like a little bit. And it's funny the way he kind of scoffs at certain like the narratives young guys, that the that, young guys thing, right? He yeah. Like or you know, I asked him about because you know, I mean, we've seen it, right? They're like trying to attach Kaminga to him. They have Steve Kerr said it yesterday. We've purposefully all summer put. Jonathan Kaminga on Chris Paul's team in the scrimmages. Clearly, when the non-Steph minutes are a targeted thing with this trade, was to have Chris Paul out there, and that includes Kaminga. And every single like Draymond Green is going on podcasts talking about how this is going to help Kaminga more than anyone. And then you ask Chris Paul about it, and he's just like, "Yeah, you know, Kaminga's great, but like, I'm not here to help Jonathan Kaminga." Like. If my presence helps them, cool. My presence should help everybody. It's just so, you know, it's funny. We're talking about locker placement where, again, we hit, when we were debating it last week, it's like, hey, maybe they'll put him next to Kaminga because that'll help. But I, I'd almost feel like he'd be like, no, I'm not just this, yeah. like, you know, wise head here to, like, help your. I'm not babysitting. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He doesn't want he doesn't want to be Andre, too. 
And Andre had all the strengths and was very valuable. But last season, it, that's not what Chris Paul wants to be. Play four games and you're an elder statesman and you're like an assistant coach. No, Chris Paul wants to play basketball. He's a hooper, as he keeps saying. And so he is resisting this, oh, yeah, you're going to be so good for the young players. You're going to be like, no, I'm, I'm going to play ball. And, you know, playing good basketball is what's the, the way, the most the most valuable way I can contribute to this team. Uh, it's all, you know, again, one day, whatever, we'll, we'll see how it all breaks out. But um, I think that's the way this has to work. It has to work where he's kind of his own second unit thing. And maybe you don't say it like that, but... Like that has got to be an identity and it just hasn't been, you know, certainly not the last few years, but even when they're winning championships, that second, you know, you put Nick Duran in the second unit or, you know, you, Draymond will have to be on the second unit. Like if they can have a separate second unit, Saric, Kaminga, CP3, maybe Moody, you know, GP2 and or whoever, like that, that would, what, what kind of, you know, lift would that be for Steph and, and Draymond and Clay? Like, you do not have to win, especially Steph, right? We know, Steph minutes. He's ba- I kind of, last year, I think they got to win the Steph minutes by at least six. Like, what if this, you don't have to win every game by plus six when Steph plays? What if, if, at, the, if at the end of the year, Chris Paul's net rating or, you know, plus minus, when he's on the floor and Steph's not on the floor, is zero? That is a huge, monster development huge, for the Warriors. Huge. What if Steph is coming in, checking in in the fourth quarter and it's not up one, it's up seven? Like, that's just gigantic because how many times are they just, oh, no, the second unit gave it back and now Steph's got to come back in. He better come back in early now because he's getting a little shaky. That That's what they're looking for. And the only way they can do that is if Chris Paul feels like he's respected and listened to. And I think that's what we're feeling here in the last few days. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Who's the uh, most likely, you know, because I still, I believe Steve Kerr is going to do what Steve Kerr does. And assuming Draymond and Steph's minutes are tied together, 
who's the starter that goes in the second unit with Chris Paul? Because I think I think he's Wiggins or Clay because they'll want spacing. Um, Definitely you know, one of those, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we I know guess. it's not Looney. We know it's not Draymond for spacing purposes, and he'll be tied to Steph. We know it's not Steph because they're separate. You know, he's running. Do, do you think they in. group Clay with? Steph and Draymond and keep those together and put Wiggins with them? Or, or I actually think, they- think it might be Wiggins because Wiggins is less shot hungry and more able to guard the best scorer on the other team. So I just, I don't know. I just, I, again, they're going to try so many combinations. So Here's it's going to be both yeah. is the answer. Yeah, if you, if you remove Wiggins from more minutes with the first, you know, then who's guarding that great offensive player? Well, I mean, yeah, the thing that, the and they'll tell you about Wiggins is like, eh, Wiggins wants to play 40 minutes tonight. He's playing 40 minutes tonight. <laughs> He's playing 40 minutes, yep. <laughs> he always uh, wants that, to play 40 hey, minutes. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I just like, here's the thing. As Kerr talked about specifically yesterday, really for the first time, but we all knew it. Clay is not guarding twos and, you know, not guarding good threes probably most times. He, he didn't do it last few seasons. And Kirk just said it. he's going to be playing fours when they're playing small. This is what he's doing. Well, that really makes Andrew Wiggins <laughs> so valuable because who the hell else is going to guard Luka? I mean, we know. Again, we talked about it during the title season, but now it's basically official. It's who's going to guard Kyrie? Who, well, I guess you can. someone's going to guard both of them because they're on the same team. But who's going to guard those great scoring guards and wings that Gary Payton the, the second. Yeah, I mean, but he's not starting. So in that starting lineup, who's guarding them? There's no one else to do it but Wiggins. Yeah, and and that's just so valuable. It's going to be hard. Yeah, it's going to be hard to take them off the floor. It really, unless it's for GP two, and you know that's going to be spots here and there. Other than that, they don't have that guy, and that's why Clay was so massively valuable right before the leg injuries. Steve had a pretty firm quote on Gary yesterday. I don't know if you guys heard it, but it was like, first of all, he said that their yeah. like main goal entering camp is to reestablish the top ten defense, and then he's like, and Gary he basically said we're going to do it with Gary. We're going to do it with Gary. Yeah, he <laughs> said a- Gary's one of the best on ball defenders in the league. He's in the rotation. He he'll close games if he's rolling. I wow. you know yeah. we kind of know this, yep. but yep. it was just interesting. He just came out and was like, look, he's in the rotation. He might close. He started game hey, six absence, against the Lakers. He started game six against the Lakers. I mean, like they believe in this guy, and this is when he was not at a hundred percent. Like GP two is an important player. Absence made the heart grow fonder, right? Oh gosh, yeah. Remember, there's no way we can take this contract. Oh, that Portland contract, it's crazy. Yo, more power to him, but there's no way we can do that. Oh, let's trade. Let's trade for him. Let's get it him might have been less absence and more just like the turnstiles of perimeter defense they saw at times last year. Just whoosh. Uh, Gary clearly feels physically better right he now. He feels too. better. Moses Moody, I thought, might get some of those minutes, but I think GP2 is ahead of Moses Moody. You know, it's just the way it is. M- Moody shooting is going to be important, but... I think GP2 is – listen, who got the start in game six? It was GP2. Can we talk about this, the clay guarding fours a little bit? Because it, I think it, like, stunned a lot of people that, that saw just, like, the direct, hey, Steve Kerr says Clay Thompson's going to guard power fours this year. He's been doing it. He guarded Jared Vanderbilt in the playoff series last year. When he says fours, it's not – Hey, opening night, lock up Anthony Davis. But hey, it's like big, guard, small yeah. threes. Too, hey, we're right? playing big, the Pelicans. Clay on Zion on an island. That's fine. <laughs> uh, it's just more when they play small because Andrew Wiggins has to guard. You know your best small forwards, your best wings, even at times your best guard. Your best scores. point guard. Yeah, yeah. Clay has to leap over Andrew Wiggins and guard fours, and we've seen it back to remember Kevin Love. I mean, that was a big thing Absolutely. right back in the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's Clay guarding Kevin Love in yeah. the posts. Remember, Clay was guarding like centers during the 22 playoff run. 
you know, in, on switches a little bit, but he was holding his own. I think, didn't he get some uh, Jokic minutes? I think he did, or at least a couple, like, switches, and he wasn't terrible at it. He's just, that's what he is now. He's not a guy who can chase cards, and they're acknowledging it. They were acknowledging it by the way they played. I mean, did he get any, any like, perimeter defense minutes against the Kings in that series? I don't think so. Um, it's just who he is now, and they have to, you know, accommodate that. They have to figure out a way around that. And they are going to be light, some you know, a little on wing defense when they don't have GP two in with Wiggins, or they don't have Moody in with those all those guys, and they're adapting to it. By Clay's going to guard, yeah. I mean, remember we were joking about it on opening night if they play Chris Ball, you know, and take Looney off, and Clay's guarding the center, right? That's what we were saying. Took some heat from that, but I, I don't. I think that's back when the Suns had Aiton, but we broke it down, and you're like, the natural guy for for stuff for Clay to guard sometimes is going to be even the center. So um, that's what he is. He's, he's he guards those guys. What's interesting, and you know, I don't know. You guys have heard Draymond specifically mentioned the Lakers when I was talking to when I asked him about a big the center thing, spot yeah. the yeah. other day, and adding another big, but. They're playing the Lakers Saturday. They're starting this extremely small lineup. I don't know who's playing for the Lakers. The, the Lakers might rest everyone or, you know, everyone that matters. But I, w- I would love to see the Lakers come out and start LeBron at the three, AD at the four, and, you know, one of their centers, Christian Wood or whoever at the five, just to see how the, the Warriors would match up. Because the, technically in that lineup, Anthony Davis is the four. And, again, you don't want Clay on Davis. You'd probably go Looney on Davis, but then are we talking about Clay Garden like the Christian Woods of the world, you know, a five? Again, I, I don't even know if I think the he would. would start I think him. he would. I think he would, yeah. But I do too, which yeah. is interesting. It's just there might be times he's guarding fives. Like, he's going to guard the least threatening front court guy. Yep. Um, and there are certain matchups that, hey, look, if they're playing a team that just like this ain't going to work, that's when they are going to start the two bigs, you know, or, you know, you you, you plug in a Kaminga in the starting lineup or a Sarich or something like but that. But I think, but, I mean, we haven't really talked about this and it's not as sexy to, to write about, but the closing unit was where this is really going to get interesting because that's where CP3 could close. Looney is not someone they're going to take off the floor very often. The rebounding is ridiculous. Then who are you taking off? I mean, it really might be Clay. On um, I've kind of said this a few times, and I, I I don't I've not gotten any resistance from Warriors people I trust. Like it's possible, right? I mean, not they're not predicting it. They're just saying it's possible. And if you look at the math of it, 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 unless Clay, you know, Clay could be playing great. I mean, that's obviously on the table, and he could be hitting threes, and he'd be doing all the stuff Clay does, but. I'm I'm thinking in the closing lineup if they're getting CP3 in there, or if GP2 is playing great, right? I mean, we've seen him close. Um, it might be the leading candidate in that scenario to not be closing from the big bunch is Clay Thompson. Marcus, what's the topic that's of interest to you in this first week? Uh, how are the Cowboys going to stop Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> like that's See, what. Why are you saying? <laughs> Uh, Miami yeah, Dolphin it's, podcast. It's, what are you talking about? This ain't the week. We don't need. We don't. We got zero Dolphins talk this week. Let's go Warriors. <laughs> Come on, man. We got. We got. We got Forty ers Cowboys Sunday night coming up. This is gonna be the game of the year. Uh, today, bigger than the Warriors' first preseason game. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know which one I'm gonna be at. Uh, I'm like to me, the Kaminga part is just the most interesting. Uh, because like so much of this other stuff, we kind of we already know these dudes. The wild card of this team is Kaminga. And, you know, I, I try my best not to fall for social media uh, 
campaigns when people are pushing workout videos. Yeah, yeah. It was so enticing, ben man. Simmons people looking look so good. good. All looking good. They're all looking so good. <laughs> I fall for the banana tailpipe every time. I'm like, man, look at Kamika. This is a breakout year for Kamika. And they're they're talking about how good he looks, but in the end, will he will they play him? Like literally will they play him? And you think about the rookies, do they they don't have a shot, right? Pajemski. Hey, I don't know. Pajemski's team was dominating scrimmages yesterday. We heard from Steve Kerr, but he didn't want to talk about that specifically. We'll, we'll so <laughs> the problem, I don't want to say the problem with the summer tapes that you're talking about, um, because I do think he's becoming a better player and maybe he does explode. But a lot of it was just like ISO scoring, dribble moves, pull up mid range. Exactly what the Warriors want from him. What do you <laughs> exactly? And that's the thing. It's like okay, like you know what he wasn't doing a mixtape of his like boxed out rebound. <laughs> you know, running the that, floor hard. Yeah. Yes, run the floor hard. Rotate Sprint to defense. the corner. Make Rotate. the extra pass, Jonathan. He may be doing those things, and if he does those things, maybe the other stuff really blossoms. Hey, maybe he becomes like a you know can't bench. 28 minute pregame player this year because I do think some of his other skills really are sharpening up. I would say this he was in a very good mood media day, uh, chatted with him a little bit, you know, off to the side. And he's just like, he seems to be in a good headspace, whatever that means. They are saying he, he's looked good, but again, the game needs to start. He needs to get in the game and he needs to like not miss a box out and like make an extra pass. Like, that's sadly, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't love that that's the state of things, but that's kind of what matters, right? Well, the part that we saw, that I saw that had me thinking like, oh, here he comes, was the in the paint, like, explode and dunk, or like from various spots on the court. He's just like taking off and he's dunking, taking off and he's dunking, which to me, I feel like if that's his mindset, that's a big deal. Instead of taking that three, one dribble, dunk, right? You get the ball in the paint, just go up and dunk it. Uh, if, he, if he does that, it's going to be tough to keep him off the floor, but... Like you said, it comes with all the other stuff. The thing that keeps him off the floor the most, I think, is rebounding. Yeah. Like he's on the floor and he doesn't rebound. So that's what we're always told by the head yeah. coach. Well, that's so I'm believe him. the King series. Kerr basically cited that for the why his minutes went down. Uh, it was zero rebounds in like twelve minutes in game one, whatever it was, or game two. I can't. This is all blurring in my mind now. But um, yeah, can he just do that stuff that lets them keep him on the floor, even if he's not making shots? And it becomes down to, you know, if he's not doing that stuff, he misses his first shot. He's coming off the floor. Um, can he work to what I like tough twos? Can he work his way to two? They have such trouble with that. And they basically got beat by that because the Lakers made a bunch of tough twos and the Warriors could not make tough twos. And coming, I don't know if he's going to be, be making a ton of them, but he could get them. Can he get two of them, you know, a stint? Can, can he, you know, can they play him 14 minutes? Backup four. They they still don't have a backup four. I guess we're saying it could be Clay now, but like, who's their backup four? Who is it? I mean, Sarge Sarge is going to play in some two big lines. I just don't think they're going to want to play too much, too much of that. I mean, it just it gets a little clunky. I think they want Sarge with Kaminga. So like, there Kaminga is your backup four. I don't know. I mean, who's Sarge playing four with Looney? You know? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think he could. There's so many combos, but it's a little slow group there, but. the minutes are there. It's the Anthony Lamb minutes. We've said, like, those minutes that Steve Kerr needs to find another four should be there for Kaminga. And 
you know, he's, he's going to have to earn there them. Isn't a, but there is there. another intriguing two-way option, and we know how two-way options Rudy are very Gay. capable of breaking into Steve Kerr's rotation. I mean, they like Rudy Gay. Like, no, I'm not talking oh, Rudy another Gay. Garuba? Usman Garuba. Yeah. Like, I actually, like, no, not joking, I'm actually intrigued by this pickup. Uh, he was a first-round pick. He, like, he got kind of hyped. The Warriors, as he mentioned, were, like, high on him pre-draft. Um, again, that, I'm going too deep, deep cut yeah. for... I, I, training well, camp. He could get one. minutes. I don't. What I don't see him as someone who fits the flow of the offense. I just don't see that. I might be wrong. That's why I kind of highlighted his three point shooting. But I don't know how you can you can bank on his two, three point shooting. And he's he's energy minutes. Those could be. Man, he's a minutes, goon, bro. Yeah, he's a goon. Yeah, energy yeah, minutes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do he need could stuff defend, like that. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's, like, a, he's got those big. He's broad a good shoulder. shot blocker. Yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of like yeah, no question. But are you going to have him on the floor with Draymond? Not. No, no, no. You're no. on the floor with Looney, probably. Like it, it becomes pretty tricky to figure out exactly how that works. It's basically the Kaminga minutes, and so basically you'd be playing and Kaminga wouldn't. Uh, that that kind of gets problematic for me. But I agree. I mean, he's an interesting talent. Like you put him on the floor, you're going to go, yeah, that guy belongs in the NBA. I have zero doubt about that. Yeah, it's like you're you're playing a big man. You need to make him feel you for five minutes at a time. You know, thinking. Jokic, right? It's like exactly. let's not tear down. Let's not tear down Draymond in regular season. He gave you some fouls against Jokic, which right. you know. I know a lot of people are clamoring for the extra big, and they're talking more traditional center. But in a lot of ways, he is the extra big. Yeah, Anthony Davis. We need someone to go. You know, bug Anthony Davis. For just be minutes. physical with him. Yeah, yeah just. And he's be long. Physical. I mean, he's, like, he's not real tall, but he's really long. You could tell that. Yeah, you always need bodies. Like they they ran out of them last season, so I, I don't dispute that. I just like. You probably would want to see Kaminga get the, they'd be better off if Kaminga's getting if, if how many times was minutes. that being said last year yeah, when it wasn't coming out on the floor <laughs> that's also Slater true. you've been saying Kaminga should be on the floor since preseason of his rookie year, year one he's not the only one he's not the only one there might be some people in Warriors uh, management who are saying that uh, but yeah you know we'll see again it, it, Steve played Anthony Lamb last season. Like the, the, there are minutes there, JTA minutes, whatever those kind of minutes. To your original point, I, I do wonder where he'd be at year three if he was a thirty minute per night, like you know, like Jalen Green for you know, name your rookie in his class that have all so baby. many, so many more minutes, the NBA minutes than him. I just wonder where he would be as a player at this point. But again, like look, the the would he have a ring? Year, the Warriors won the title partly because they were playing Otto Porter. They were playing Bielitsa. So like, well, he's, this I is a contract. It. This is basically a contract year for him, right? I mean, you, you negotiate that next contract after your third season. That's where Jordan Poole got the one twenty three, and we know you know the money's out there. I, I mean, Kaminga is certainly not on a path towards anything like that. But they have to make a decision on him next October, really. So this season is pretty important. Yeah, it's not a full contract year because you have that fourth year you can go restrictive free agency, yeah. which I think they'd be comfortable with. But what you're saying is right, like a, a huge year. And yeah, if you you're going to make a hundred, this is you have to do it now, basically. In with you know in the Warriors' minds, so you can do it after the next season. But this is a pretty big year, and you know if you don't do much for three seasons in the NBA. Then you know the odds really start shrinking about what you're going to end up with, and we all know he's talented. We all we all know his skills; they're there. Just a matter of how they can fit him into into what they're doing. He's what 22 years old, like he's still very young. He and Moody are quite young, uh, and they do kind of need a whole. I was going to ask him; it was not going to be a question he was going to address. But like, it was this whole young wave, all these guys, all this talent, and now it's 
you know, basically just you and Moody. That's it. And I guess Bozemski and Trace Jackson Davis, if you want to throw them into, but no Wiseman, no Ball, no Rollins, like all, no Jordan. Like they're all those they've guys become the middle child, like like Looney was. Like yeah. Looney has elevated, and now they filled into his space. They're 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 basically OGs at twenty one. Oh, geez, 21 and without much playing time. <laughs> without like, much playing time. Hey, that was Looney. Well, I guess Looney was out for a couple of years, so he wasn't getting a ton of playing time by 21. But he got it pretty quickly after that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kaminga, it's – Paul does not like this construction, but it's up to Chris Paul to see where Kaminga can go. I think that's – it's not going to happen all the time with, with the stars, the main guys. It's up to Chris Paul. It hadn't worked so great. Let's maybe Chris Paul can, can kind of – adjust the course of Kaminga's career. Agreed. Any other uh, week one topics before we get out of here? Uh, Dallas runs, according to David Lombardi, 63% of the time, a cover one. Uh, feels like a big week for Brendan Ayuk. He really is. Into this. I mean, we could, we could talk about the Dolphins' massive L in Buffalo. But sometimes you I, need to be humble. Yeah, it's gonna be scoring seventy. You can't be scoring seventy ball. every week. I thought they might give up seventy. I their thought, I, man, I was thinking <laughs> Buffalo should go for seventy. Should go seventy twenty. Let's well, go. My guy, Big Fangio, would not have liked that very, uh, very much. Although they were not looking, their DBs are a little rough. Anyway, people are not listening to. I guess they are listening to a little bit for Miami plus minus, but we'll we'll skip over that. I think Saturday is really interesting. I, I just I, I do think. Really? They want, like they want to see stuff. Like they, I think it's interesting to them. They want to see stuff. Whatever the Lakers throw at them, I don't know. Is it's, it's the Lakers opener too? So yes, yeah. Yes. I think they, I think the Lakers are going to want to see some stuff. They're not going to just throw all you know whoever else they've got at the bottom of their roster. I hope the Lakers go. Everybody plays and they go very big because yeah. I would like to see a big lineup yeah. against a small warrior. Something. And you know, Chris Paul working against some real players and to see how this all fits together. Um, I want to see it. I'll be there. Okay. MT, you're going to be just studying your Cowboys film? You're not going to be there Saturday? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm rolling with... Uh, no, Marks will already Christian be asleep. He needs, he needs a yeah, good night's sleep before Sunday. So. Got to get ready game. for the Sunday night game. Yep. Got to get MT. ready. MT's hanging with Dion. You're, come on, you're going to be Dion sideline. Sideline pass. You know, Arizona State. <laughs> Marcus, game. do you have any stories that are coming out this week, Warriors-wise, you might want to tease? I do, but I need to finish them first before I start teasing. So you can't anything. tease them. Right, <laughs> I mean, I got my San Quentin piece coming. I'm so far along on that. I, I, I could, you know, please. Well, I mean, that would be uh, it, my question I mean, for you. I mean, don't does Bob Myers go on these anymore? Or is he out of that? Nah, he wasn't there. He wasn't because okay, that was a this, big thing for Bob. This like, the, that was, it's yeah. a Mike Dunleavy show now. Wow, Mike Dunleavy okay. shows in the building. Bob started it, and he was. It was Is there any part of that San Quentin piece you want to detail on the pod, or no? I know there's some good stuff coming out in it, so people should read it regardless. But uh, yeah, nah. <laughs> okay, everyone, read it then. <laughs> it, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be a nice. It'll be uh, for Warriors fans anyway, a unique look at Chris Paul. You're gonna learn a lot about Chris Paul. Well, that sounds like wow. something they might want to read. Wow! Now I gotta read it. Now I gotta read. It. I now you gotta read it. You wasn't gonna read it. Wasn't so sure. Wasn't so sure. But MT, MT, basically like the MT initial piece on the San Quentin stuff was one of the big original stories of the. Man, that's the problem, that man. Like I feel you're, like you're yeah, measuring against yourself. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't get in your head. 
Yeah, look at this. Like, I praise him, and now he's that's a problem. Like, that was one of the foundational pieces for the Athletic Bay Area. I can already hear TK like, oh, this is pretty good. I mean, it's not the last one, but this is pretty good. It's like, I just remember when he filed that uh, back when I was editing. It was like, 4,000 words? What the hell? My God. And we ran it. We ran it. We ran him. That was such a... That was such a unique experience to submit something. I was like, I'm just going to put it all out here. Let's just see, you know, figure we get it down to two, you know. But if it was like at the former place we worked at, it would be like, all right, we need 800. Yeah, 800 is good. 800 <laughs> uh, And a chart, please. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, that yeah, was you, just ran, you just read it all. I was like, sorry, MT and I are reminiscing about some other days my bad. here. Uh, my, bad. my bad, Slater. My bad. It's all good. Slater was there. He wasn't at San Quentin, but he was part of it. Who was? Slater. Oh, he's yeah, part of it. Slater's part of everything. Slater's Slater, part you didn't. You never been to San Quentin? No, actually, my dad used to play go play baseball in San Quentin. You know that. Oh, nice. Sport, but you should no, go. Never been. You should go. You right should story go. about that. Right story about that. It's all good. Our outlet it always gets pitched to Marcus. So. Yeah, that's okay. Should be. Should go to empty. All right. I think we've we've uh, gone through everything here, including San Quentin. We'll, we'll, we'll all right. We will talk to y'all. Probably after Saturday's game, if, if, if Tim seems fired up, so I might have to get an all in two out of him. Maybe, maybe I should calm down a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, maybe you should. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, if if it's his, if it's maybe his, I'll just skip it. I should just skip it. If it's a storyline fueled, he is ready. Uh, skip it. Skip it. All right. all right, we might talk to you post uh, post game Saturday. Night. We'll see. Hey. All right. Peace. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.